The scripture reading today is from Psalm 147. Praise the Lord! How good it is to sing praises to our God! How pleasant and fitting to praise Him! The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathered the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. The Lord sustains and humble, the humble but casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. He covers the sky with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain and makes grass grow on the hills. He provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who puts their hope in his unfailing love. Extol the Lord Jerusalem. Praise your God, Zion. He strengthens the bars of your gates and blesses your people within you. He grants peace to your borders and satisfies you with the finest of wheat. He sends his commands to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He spreads the snow like wool, wool and scatters the frost like ashes. He hurls down his hail like pebbles. Who can withstand his icy blast? He sends his word and melts them. He stirs up his breezes and the waters flow. He has revealed his word to Jacob, his laws and decrees to Israel. He has done this for no other nation. They do not know his laws. Praise the Lord. This is the word of God. Let's just pause and pray again. Father, we live in a world that is constantly trying to shape us so that we will conform to its values. You've called us to something better than that. You want to transform us, shape us to be like Jesus. And so we pray that you would continue doing that for us through your word as we look to it today. Amen. This Easter season, we're taking some time to study um, the Lord's Prayer together. Some traditions call it the Our Father, and this is the prayer that Jesus gave to his disciples to teach us that the kind of prayers that we ought to be lifting to God. It's sort of a model prayer that we can use to, to shape our own prayers as, as we approach the Lord. And today we're looking at what's ca often called the first petition in the Lord's Prayer, and that's when we come to God, to our Father, and we say, Father... Hallowed be thy name. That phrase, hallowed be thy name. Now, to hallow something means to treat it as holy, to treat it as sacred. So in prayer, when we say, hallowed be thy name, we're, we're, praying, we're praying that God's name, meaning God's character, God's nature, all of who God is, that God's name 
will be treated as sacred. We're praying that, that God himself will be exalted, that God will be glorified, that God will be honored, that God will be worshipped. So in other words, when we, when we start our prayers this way, we are beginning our prayer just praising God. So um, if your prayer life has been shaped by the Lord's, uh, the Lord's prayer, my guess is that probably most of your time in prayer, you begin your prayer time just by worshiping, just by perhaps telling God that you love him or, or, or reminding yourselves of God's attributes or, or recalling the great mighty works of the Lord in the past and giving praise to him. You see, the, the, the thing to know about the Lord's Prayer is the Lord's Prayer begins with praise. Now, what I want to do is, is point out two things that this teaches us about praising God. It teaches us these two things. First, it teaches us the priority of praise, that praise is the most important thing we do, all right? The priority of praise. And secondly, it teaches us the necessity of praise, not just that it's important, but that it meets your deepest need. So first, the priority of prayers, as I pointed out in, in the prayer Jesus gave us, he puts praise and worship for God First, it's at the very beginning of the prayer. And that's, actually, that's a striking thought if you remember all the really, really important things that Jesus tells us we need to pray for. For example, you, we need to pray for God's provision for our needs. He says you, you're going to pray, God, give us our daily bread. And it's very important that God be providing for us. And Jesus says, yes, that's important. But first, praise him. Before you ask for bread, praise him. And, and he, he's going to teach us that we need to pray for forgiveness. We say, God, Father, forgive us our debts as we forgive others. If you fall into sin, you need God to forgive you. Jesus said, yes, that's important. You need forgiveness. But first, before you ask for that, praise him. The Lord's Prayer ends with us asking for protection. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. Jesus says, you have no idea how much protection you need from God. That's very, very important. But before you even think of asking for that, he says, first, just praise him. So Jesus, in his prayer, he puts praise and worship for God first. He's just telling us this, this is more important than anything else you do, praising him. Now, we read today, Wen Jing read for us from Psalm 147, and what we're going to be doing is um, for each week that we're looking at the Lord's Prayer, reading a different psalm together. The psalms are often called the prayer book of the Bible, and the psalms teach us ways that we can approach God in prayer and, and help us to pray the different aspects of the Lord's Prayer. And if you look at Psalm 147, you see the same idea of the absolute priority Appraising God. You, you didn't have a chance to study this, but here's a question for you. You can look at the, the passage later. How many times in Psalm 147 are we commanded to praise God? And how many times are we, that's a command, praise Him. So you see it in verse 1, the very beginning, it says, Praise the Lord. That's a command, right? Uh, verse 7, Sing to the Lord. Make music to our God. Those are commands. Verse, verse 12, extol the Lord, Jerusalem. Praise your God. Again, those are commands. The very end of verse 20, praise the Lord. So throughout this psalm, these are commands. These are not suggestions. It's not like the psalmist is saying, hey, here's an idea. Maybe if you're feeling down, you might enjoy doing this. Have you ever tried praising God? No, this is not a suggestion. This is a command for God's people. 
praise him, worship him, extol him, exalt him, sing to him. We are commanded to praise God. It's a priority. If, you, if you've read the Bible, you know that this is not, this is not an anomaly, right? Throughout, throughout Scripture, um, God commands all creation at all times, in all places, above everything else, to give glory to him, to him alone. God says, I want all of creation praising me. In fact, if you read through the book of Psalms, you get to the very end, the last verse of the last Psalm. You know what it says? It says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So God wants everyone everywhere to praise him at all times. Now, let me ask a question that I've heard, I've heard this question raised before. Is that a good thing? I mean, is, it, is this a good thing about God that he wants everyone everywhere giving glory to him? Here's, here's the reason that's a good a question to ask because, guys, in a human being, that would not be a good quality, right? I mean, any, in the realm of human beings, anyone who wants everyone everywhere to be praising them all the time, that, that, that person would be sick, twisted, right? That's evil. It's narcissistic. Can you, for example, can you imagine a man whose hungry daughter asks him for breakfast and he says to her, listen, before you ask for bread, before you ask for toast, spend some time telling me what a wonderful father I am, right? That, that would be, there's something wrong with that guy. So here's the question. How can something be good for God to do but not good for us to do? How can, it be, how can it be right for God to want everyone everywhere to praise him when that would be wrong for us? Well, the short answer to that question is, he's God. He is God. It's, the reason it's right for him to expect everyone to praise him is, is rooted in who he is. Let me, uh, to illustrate this, imagine... Imagine that I'm walking down the street one day and a woman that I have never seen before in my life walks up to me, stops me, and says, Sir, I should be more important to you than any other woman in the whole world. You should love me, care for me, honor me, treasure me more than you do anyone else. I expect this kind of treatment from you and in fact, I will settle for nothing less Whoa, that would scare the daylights out of me, right? I would be running away from this. This is a crazy lady. Keep her away from me. That would be, that would be weird to say that, right? What if my wife were to say those words to me? Let's say I've been neglecting her, neglecting our marriage, and she sits me down and she says, David, I should be more important to you than any other woman in the whole world. You should love me, care for me. Honor me, treasure me more than you do anyone else. I expect this kind of treatment from you. In fact, I'll settle for nothing less. Would it, it wouldn't be wrong for her to say it. It would be appropriate for her to say that. In fact, I would want my, I would want my wife to say that to me, right? That would, be, that would be right. So here's the question. How can the exact same words be sick and twisted and, and, and uh, narcissistic, narcissistic coming from the mouth of one woman, but perfectly appropriate coming from the mouth of another. And you know the answer because the first woman in this scenario is a complete stranger. She has no relationship with me. The second woman, she's my wife. 
So what would make it appropriate for Sabeda to, to demand love and faithfulness from me is who she is in relation to me. And guys, what, it, what makes it good and appropriate for God to demand praise and worship from us is who he is in relation to us. So, question, who is God in relation to us? Well, here's how he's described in Psalm 147. We see in verse 4 that he is our creator. We wouldn't even be here if it weren't for him. It says he determines the numbers of the stars and calls them each by name. He's our creator. We read that he's our provider. Verse 9 says he provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. Verse 14, he satisfies you with the finest of wheat. He's our creator. He's our provider. Verse 13 says he's our protector. He strengthens the bars of your gates. He's the one who keeps you safe. Verse 3 says he's not just our creator creator, our provider, our protector. It says he's our healer. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Verse 2 says he's our redeemer. It says he gathers the exiles of Israel, those who've been banished from his presence because of their sin. God is the one who ransoms them and brings them back. He's, he's our, verse 5, he is the all-knowing one. Verse 6, he is the God of justice. Verse 16 to 18, he's the one who rules over all of nature. Verse 19, he is the revealer of truth. So this is who God is. He made you. You didn't choose to exist you, you exist because he made you he's providing and protecting you the reason you're still living right now is because God is keeping you alive none of you lay in bed all night last night telling your heart to keep beating it just kept beating none of you have been telling yourself to keep breathing you're just breathing why are you alive you're not even trying to be alive because God is sustaining you. He's the one who protects you. you. You have no idea the evils and the temptations and the disasters and the calamities that have not come into your life because God has been vigilantly guarding you. He's, he's the one who, have you trusted in Christ? He's the one who has brought you back from exile into his presence. He is your redeemer. So listen. Guys, God is all these things in relation to us. And so if you, just, if you remember that, who he is in relation to you, um, it doesn't strike you as strange at all that he would come to you and say, praise me, worship me, honor me, adore me. That's the, the appropriate thing for him to say. So praising him is our priority in prayer. So a question for you, um, believer in Christ, do you? Do you normally begin your prayer time with praise? Maybe you, uh, you have a, a daily time of prayer just by yourself, or maybe you pray with your family, you pray with a community group. Does, do your prayers normally just begin with nothing but just telling God how wonderful he is and that you love him? Now, I, I say normally because I guess there can be times when you don't, a moment of crisis, Let's say you're driving your car on a winter's day, you hit a patch of ice, you're spinning wildly out of control. You don't have to sing, you know, three verses of a hymn before you ask for help. You can just say, help, help, I need help. So there may be occasions when you don't praise him. But is your normal pattern for prayer, before you do anything else, you just worship him, adore him, 
Declare his wonders. See, that's the way Jesus taught us to pray, isn't it? He said, when you pray, you start like this. Father, may your name be hallowed. May you be lifted up. So he teaches us the priority of praise. Secondly, I think this teaches us the necessity of praise. I don't think Jesus was telling us to say, hallowed be thy name, merely because it's our duty or just because it's the right thing to do. The reason I say that is because you know Jesus. You know how deeply he loves us, right? I, I, I think he was teaching us to hallow God's name first, not just because it's a priority, because, guys, listen, it's a necessity. Praising God is the deepest need of your soul. You see that in, in verse 1 of, of Psalm 147. It says, praise the Lord, and then it says how good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant, how fitting to praise him. The, the Hebrew word that they translate good here, it could also be translated excellent. It's, this is excellent. It, it, it's agreeable, of extreme value, and it carries that meaning as well. The word that's translated pleasant could be translated sweet, lovely, delightful. It says it is fitting to praise God. The word they translate fitting could be translated comely, beautiful, attractive. So again and again, in three different ways, the psalmist is saying, when you stand before your creator and lift up praise to him, it's not just that you're doing the right thing as one of his creatures. He's saying, this is so good. It's beautiful. It's delightful. It's sweet. It's fulfilling, right? It's not just your duty. It's, listen, Praising God is the very thing you were created to do. I wonder if uh, I wonder if you've ever felt empty. I'm sure you have on the inside. If you ever have that moment, you just feel like there's something missing. There's got to be there's got to be more to life than this. You go to the mall, you come back with all kinds of bags of new clothes and new things, and you're happy as you walk into your house. You need to try in the clothes, and it feels great, and then you put them all away, and you sit down, and you're like, is that it? Is that all I'm here to do? Just be a consumer? Buy, buy, buy? Or you've been working hard, and you finally get that promotion, and you go out with some friends to celebrate, and then, and then you go home, and, you, and, you, and, you, and you're in your apartment by yourself, and you're saying... Is that it? That's all I'm here to do is just work, work, try to climb the ladder. There's got to be something more. Have you ever felt there's kind of an emptiness? There's something lacking. Most people in this world who are even slightly reflective have felt that feeling. Uh, the, the, uh, the great um, French mathematician and philosopher named Blaise Pascal Here's his suggestion for why we all feel that feeling. He said, the reason we have this feeling is, quote, because there is a God-shaped vacuum or a God-shaped hole in the heart of every human being which cannot be filled by any created thing but can only be filled by God the Creator made known through Jesus Christ. So he was saying, listen, there is a, there is a hole inside you that only God can fill. The writers of the, the Old Westminster Shorter Catechism said the same thing, and their very first question is, what is the chief end of man? What is the primary purpose of a human being? The answer, to glorify God 
and enjoy Him forever. That's why you're here. That's, and the only thing that will fill that emptiness inside is God. Now, the problem we all have is that we keep, we keep trying to fill that void with the wrong things, right? Popularity, that, or possessions, or relationships. If I just had the right lover, or a certain status, if I just had the right title, and, and you chased after these things. And listen, sometimes even after you attain them, it's not enough. It's a very uh, successful actor uh, in movies named Andrew Garfield, and he was asked um, by an a interviewer if he considers himself to be a spiritual person, and here's what he said. He said, I think there's always been a longing in me. There's a big hole that needs filling all the time. I, I mostly search for it in all the wrong places, like we all do, work, success, food, drugs, alcohol, validation, you name it. He said, we're always worshiping something. We're always devoting ourselves to something, even if we're not conscious of it. Now, I don't know um, where that man stands in terms of his faith commitment, but I think it's very insightful, isn't it? He says, I don't care who you are, whether you're religious or not. You're worshiping something. You're praising something. You're looking for something to fill that hole inside. And the Bible would say, unless you're seeking God, you will always, always be empty. He's the only one who can fill that, right? And the reason, the reason all these other things don't ever bring lasting satisfaction, and listen to me, is because you were created for more. You were, you were created to be more than just a consumer, more than just a worker. You were, you were created for a relationship with the living God. You ever think about that? You were created to know Him, to love Him, to know His love for you. You were created to worship God and give Him glory. In fact, if you know the gospel, that's the, isn't that the whole reason Jesus came into this? Well, Jesus didn't come just to give us a list of rules to do our best to follow or just to set an example that we could try to live up to. No, listen, Jesus came into this world so that people like us who've been trapped in a life of emptiness because we're seeking after the wrong thing so that we could be forgiven and, and, and we could be set free and we could be restored to a relationship with our Creator. I wonder if you've, ever, if you've ever invited Jesus to do that for you. Just say, I'm so tired of seeking fulfillment in the wrong. Jesus, would you forgive me? Will you connect me with the Father? Well, even for Christians, those who know Christ, would you agree with me? It's still easy to forget what the most important thing is, Right? get all caught up in what we're doing or we get all mad over something someone said or we get all distracted by different, different things and we just kind of forget, listen, I don't have to prove anything to anyone. I don't have to accomplish anything. The only reason I'm in this world, this is it. Worship Him. And there's something about beginning your prayer time with praise um, that has a wonderful way of just reminding of you that. So um, in your normal prayer time, I would encourage you before you do anything else, just worship Him. And that might look different to different ones of us. I don't know um, 
If you like to sing, if you like to just read a psalm, if you like to just talk to God about how good he is. I know in my own, my own personal prayer life, uh, kind of a transformative moment happened to me in my mid-20s. I, my prayer life was pretty routine, pretty dry. I was volunteering at a certain ministry, and one day I was, I was alone in the office of this ministry, kind of digging through some closets, cleaning out things, and I found, it, I found an old hymnal that somebody had left there, just abandoned. And I thought, you know what? I've never owned a hymnal before. I think I'm going to borrow this and take it home. And, and I did, and in my prayer time, I just started opening it up and looking for songs I knew. And just on my own, just singing them to God, just praising Him. I can't tell you how much that changed my prayer life. Because before then, I, I really didn't, I needed some kind of structure or discipline to help me to worship Him. So maybe you're not into music. Maybe it's something else. But begin, Chris, I just encourage you, begin your prayers with praise. I'll close with this. I don't know if you've ever, um, you've ever gotten up in the morning you're kind of tired. It's still dark. You're trying to get dressed. You're putting on a button-up shirt. You ever do this where instead of putting the first button in the first buttonhole, you put the first button in the second buttonhole, and it seems to be going fine. I mean, you're getting, you're getting dressed, and then you get to the top, and it's just not working, right? Something is wrong. And I guess you, you wouldn't have to fix it. You could go through the whole day that way, right? I mean, you would be clothed, you would, but something would just be wrong. You've got to get the first thing first for it all to fit together. So maybe that's lacking for you. What would, uh, think about the needs of your life right now. Think about where you are in your faith, how things are going for you spiritually. If, uh, if Dr. Jesus you know, the great physician, if he were examining you right now and giving you a prescription, this is what I want from you this week, what do you think he would say? Maybe there's something big he wants you to do. Maybe there's some major way he wants you to repent. But I, w- I wonder if just for most of us here, I wonder if Jesus, the prescription would just say, be, just go praise God. Just go praise God. Just worship him. Everything else will start to line up, all right? Everything else will come together. This is what you were made for. This is what you're here for. Jesus, if you've trusted him, he has died on the cross and risen again so that you are now the Father's child. Worship him. Amen? Let's let's pray together. God, thank you that you forgive us for chasing after the wrong things. Thank you that you remind us that you, you are what we need. Teach us to worship you and praise you. Our Father, hallowed be thy name. Amen.